Right, let's go. Can't catch you out anymore because you you too. Stop me. I'm just can see you scrolling on your phone though. Can you? I am in the reflection of your glasses. I'm reading the show notes. All right. Okay. Let's before go then. Told, before I get told off. Welcome to It's In The Jeans podcast, a podcast by The Digital Gene. My name is Declan. And I'm Sharon. And we're a mum and son duo and founding directors from The Digital Gene. Today we'll be discussing, as well as what we've been up to, um, influencers in Dubai, birdwatching on Twitter, more about Primark's online strategy and the Clubhouse app. What's making a noise already with you? Nothing. I haven't got any noises going on here. I've even put do not disturb on my emails. It ain't me, boy Oh, it sounded like Discord. No. No. I'm I'm turned off everything. Well, anyway, how are you? Blur. I saw on your stories earlier that you were feeling a bit blur. Oh, I feel like now you've asked me, I could cry. Well, you've just you've just sent me the link to um about the British Podcasting um award. So if you do want to cry and be really hard hitting, <laughs> go go for it. And go we'll, for put, it. we'll put it in our awards entry. <laughs> I don't I don't actually know what's wrong with me. Like just lockdown. I think it's I think obviously and you there's lots of noise about I'm not I'm not alone. Everybody's talking about it on social media. Um I'm not normally I know some people who hate January. I'm not normally one of those. January doesn't bother me because I actually really usually like January. It's a time of planning and newness and doing things. Like for us, we're, we're prepping. We we are prep in January, don't we? And this January is the same as last year. We are prepping for all the plans that we want to help bring to fruition within our business. So it's an exciting time for us on that score. But on the personal front, it's normally the time of year as well that you start planning things. Yeah. And that's what's different about this lockdown. The first one was a bit of a novelty. We could still get outside and go for walks and stuff. When I say a novelty, I don't mean that in a lighthearted way, but you know what I mean? It was all new to us. We were we were a bit shell-shocked. What's going on? We hadn't really figured it all out, if we ever have yet. Then the second one was a bit shorter, but it was summertime. And Christmas was coming. And Christmas was coming, yeah. So, But this one... Now it feels like you can't plan anything. And I am I keep saying all the time, I'm so lucky that I've got my work. Because if I didn't have my work, I'd just be like a big blob on the sofa. Um, <laughs> instead, I'm like a big blob in front of my, my laptop. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it literally is Groundhog Day. And although we are a remote team and we work individually from our homes, et cetera, et cetera, yeah, it's just yeah. So I wear my heart on my sleeve, and if I and do you know what else I'm sick of? 
And I'm can't even believe I'm saying this. I'm tired of social media. Mm. Whether that's a knock-on effect of how I'm feeling, obviously I've not been around much on on my favourite platform of choice, Insta. Um, I can't be bothered with it all. And leading into the Clubhouse app, oh, my God, if if I can talk about that now and get it out of the way. If you'd like to, yeah. Because we'll probably cover what it. What it, I can't even be bothered to talk about what it is. Another, <laughs> you put it on the show another no. social media platform. Um, it's an audio-based platform, and I just thought, oh. what does that mean then? I don't know. All the all of the um, invitations, so all the groups that I'm in on LinkedIn and Facebook. Oh, has anybody got an invite? Oh, have you got an invite to share? Oh, can I get on this? Has anybody got a spare invite? I'm like, oh, have you got nothing to do? So have you got an invite then? Are you on? No. I signed up for it and then I thought, I'm not going on another platform. I don't need to know about it for my work. If a client of ours wants to know, we refer them into one of our geniuses, a specialist who knows more about them than us. I don't want to know. And yeah, I'm just like, who needs it? Who needs another platform? Is this is this what we do? Is this what we, is this is this our future? All finding ways that we can spend more and more time on our phones. Well, I'm wondering if it'll be good for the podcast with it being a, an audio. Well, I, I said if anybody, you should be the one to give it a go, and you critique it. You see what you think of it. Because, like, I literally cannot be bothered with another social media platform. I'm falling out with them all. And, like, it's just the same old, same old stuff. And and I know that that's probably – but, actually, I'm saying I know that that's probably how I feel right now. But I don't think it is. I've fallen out. You know, when we started our business, one of the the things that I'd always been – good at, can I say, and always got really great results at in my previous work life was social media management, community management, um, ads, you know, all on social media. That was a niche that I found myself being pretty good at. Um, Unfortunately, I'm not so good at it on my own social media channels because I can't be bothered by the time I'd done everybody else's. But what I'm saying is, you know, and it's not about quantity, it's about quality and generating leads, generating business, regardless of what you say. That's what we're all there for from a business perspective, even though we may not talk about business directly on them. Where am I even going with this? So, yeah, business, our business changed and we really fell out of love with the whole fakeness of everything. And didn't we? Mm. Um, and I know there's all sorts of different kinds of people out there. You and I are very alike. That's why we do a podcast. That's why we're in business together. That's why we have a really close relationship. We, you are literally a clone of me in many ways. So we we often do have very, very similar outlooks on things, not all of the time, but vast majority of the time. And I wear my heart on my sleeve, as you do, and... What you get is what you see with me, whether it's face-to-face, from my phone, behind a screen, whatever. And I just, yeah, I just feel like, and I know you guys always say, I 
the voice that I use on Instagram. How that changes, I don't know, but that, I guess that's. Okay. I just that I guess that's what we all do without even realizing it. But I tell it like it is, regardless of where I am. I will I will say to you what I'd say to your face, regardless of where we are. And I just can't cope with the fake, the sheer levels of fakeness that are out there in every walk of life. And I know you're going to touch on the Dubai influencers. Did we talk about them last episode? No, I don't think we did. You said we did, but I think we touched on it. Like a lot of this stuff like feels as if we're repeating ourselves because of, you know, the situation. But like every, lots of people, I guess, who listen to this will know what we're talking about when we talk about the Dubai influencers. But what I wanted to say is that it's even crept onto LinkedIn, which I didn't think it would. I, I, I think people talking about it, yeah, but I didn't think they actually crept onto there as well. So one of the first things that I saw in my... about to buy influencers, this podcast has got absolutely no structure whatsoever. And I'm a, reading it all off at a tangent. I'm sorry. Like, welcome to Sharon. So anyway, you busy. So what have I been up to? Um, like, welcome to Sharon's internal dialogue. <laughs> yeah, Sharon's internal dialogue. What have I been up to? Um, binging Married at First Sight Australia. Oh. <gasps> Oh, oh, absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Um, your dad thinks I've lost the plot now completely. He he can't grasp the reason why well, I this I watch I watch a lot of crap or I, I draw a line. Also experiment there'll be people listening to this who will say, Sharon, you're right, it's it's fascinating just looking in on the insides of how relationships can develop and how they can develop at speed if they're allowed to, and what the fallouts are and yeah. Really, really interesting. It's a social experiment. Um, your grandma keeps asking me, "What's what's it about?" Because she told your dad, "Oh, I know. I don't. I don't understand why she watches rubbish like that." And then at dinner last night, she's asking me, "What's happening on it?" And I said, "Oh, you want to know now? I'm sorry, I can't tell you." So, so there's that. That's what I, that's what I've been doing in my downtime, apart from feeling sorry for myself. Um, and mostly work. We've had a new site go live this week, and actually that site live feels like about three weeks ago, and it was only Monday. See, I think this week's gone really quick this week. It has. It's just, here we go. Oh. Quick, slow, quick, slow time. Okay, but that, that Monday go live for that client feels like, um, you know, we're busy prepping an, a, for another site to go live. We've got yeah, in the middle of design phases. Um, we've got another client testing out some software, a proof of concept that we've built for them. So there's lots going on with work. So hence, you know, we're refreshing our own branding. Well, we have. We're not, we not are. We have done. We've refreshed our own branding, brought it up to our annual up to date, you know, always keeping moving. It's what we tell our clients. So we put our money where our mouth is and so we've refreshed our own branding we've refreshed our website we're pushing live on that on monday take a breath sharon yeah so busy. oh my god it is like you've been trapped in show again so yes i'm busy and if i didn't have that ah, i'd scream so there we go declan off you go oh off you go off you go that, start, that started with how are you 10 minutes ago <laughs> Ten minutes, but you forgot what I really wanted to talk. What I've been up to. What have you been up to, Declan? 
yeah, no, I wish you'd ask me things. It's always me asking. It's like I'm interviewing you each each episode of this podcast. Well, we're meant to be co-hosts, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to talk about It's a Sin. Oh, of course. Oh, oh, my God. How could we forget? Well, I'm, I did. Wait, are you being Gollum again? Yes, I'm being Gollum again. So that... sure that... That your dad, I don't even know, but did we discuss that briefly? That was the show that your dad had, had been texting you all week, WhatsApping you saying, that show's on on Friday, son, have you seen it? Well, yeah, bless him. And I was like, Dad, the only thing we're doing at the minute is watching telly and films. I know it's coming out, trust me. But I've never known a show to have, to affect me in such a profound, I've never cried so much ever i was saying at the cinema if i watch a sad film i might have like a you know like a single tear and i might well up a bit a single tear well, like you know you might well up a bit and a little tear might come out now and again like when we went to see star is born that time oh yeah but, that was a, that was a one wasn't it your eyes well up but you never like you cry. never full cry but i full on cried at that like you just knew it russell t davis is so good at writing real people who you care about and then you know because of the setting it's the time it's setting that it's going to like it's going to upset you about these people and I've just never had an experience like it and being gay myself and just to think that was only what 35 to 25 years ago that whole time span and I, I, remember, I remember I didn't I actually didn't didn't click. Obviously, we were discussing it prior and during because we binged your dad and I binged that on Friday between Friday and Sunday because we we just loved it. And um, obviously, having a gay child, you you know, not not just because you've got a gay child, but you're always you're always educating us, and we strive to be able to pass that education on to as many people as we can because it's important really that you know we all understand each other and what makes us all as individuals and what challenges you know pockets of of society have um especially you know the gay I can never get my, my tongue around it lgbtq community um the bit that hit me the most, and this is a, I'll put a little bit of a spoiler warning in here, just for maybe like the next couple of minutes, because I am going to spoil it, because it's out the last episode, so if you haven't seen it, skip ahead a bit. But the bit that really, really got me is when Jill, the girl, mm-hmm. meets his mum, and she says he's died. he died yesterday. Mm. Jill goes on this rant saying that it's all your fault, it's all people like your fault. They do it because they're so ashamed and they think they deserve it. Um, and it just, honestly, just tore you out. Cause like, did, you agree? did you agree with the character, Jill, when she said that then? A- absolutely, yeah. That's not even just in the 80s. That's like... No, it's still there as well, but do you think... Um... There's still very much a hangover of, like you think you deserve. Keely Hawes played an amazing part. Yeah, she did. Spoiler alert now, the part at the end where she's in the hospital, you know, ranting up and down the ward, um, she 
played an amazing part. And so did the guy who played his uh, played his dad. I forget his name. Um, oh, I know I've recognised him. I was yeah, he's doing quite a lot of things, hasn't he? But yeah. um, he just disappeared into the wall, didn't he? The minute Keely Hawes took over on that bit. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it was fascinating, and I learnt, like I can remember when Russell T Davies, you know, came out back in the early nineties. I think we said it was with Queer as Folk. I mean, that was like jaw dropping. Like we'd never, you know, as children of the eighties type of thing, um, and having gay friends back in the eighties that I used to love being around. I don't think I even thought they had sex. It never, like, I never. Th- all of those things that people think about gay people, I never, I never used to think when I'm I... surprised if you had gay friends, you didn't like because you are of that time. Like, did, I'm surprised you didn't lose friends to it. I only, I only knew a couple of gay people. It's like the only gay in the village around here. <laughs> like, not, not literally, but you know, we had two really good friends who were were two guys in a gay relationship. And like loved them to bits, and they were funny and hilarious. Never, never even thought about why would I even think about the sex life? I don't think they thought about mine. Um, no, well, just you were friends. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember to be honest, but I never really thought. And and, and obviously, when later on after that, when that that came out. Queer as folk, like that just literally made your jaw drop. Like, I think some, if queer as folk had now, some of it would still be a bit risque. Yeah. Like, you see, I, like I want to, you know, I've, I've said this before. If I haven't said it on the podcast, I've said it many, many times in real life. Like, I and your dad love that we have you, like, love that we have you and your brother for a start off, but. I love that you educate us and continue to do that. And the fact that we have a gay son and he and he's brought us out of the dark into the light about so many things. Um you you re, you remember and you know if we if if you don't mind me sharing it about when you did come out to us mm. accidentally. <laughs> wow. Um and obviously the relationship that we'd had that we do have you never expected me to cry like I did did you you were taken aback because you thought that somehow it was I was putting that onto you and all that I said what I meant by my cry I was crying tears of sadness and fear for what how society was going to react and interact members of society would interact with you um, and this is a great example of that. You know, you obviously this was back in the 80s, but as you've said, there are still elements of this going on now today. Like people won't understand HIV, and even I didn't. I Googled after that, why is it that gay men get HIV so much more than straight people? I actually Googled that on Sunday night because I didn't know. I, there's so many things that I, that we don't know. And what? And what um conclusion did you come to because i can tell you i don't know really know how to put it on here well it is you it is a better way of describing it for me you don't, you don't necessarily have to say like the technicalities of it because yeah. that is a for this yeah. but a lot of it is to do with more sexually active because 
you're not taught really about relationships, what a successful um, relationship looks like for you. So people just go and have, it's like there's always that, that there's that still that lifestyle of multiple partners, loads of drugs, whatever. And it I generally is, it's like we don't deserve to have what, Happiness and and, yeah, and, and secure and, relationship and yeah, yeah and I, it's really sad. Like straight people don't. I mean, obviously there are people who go, "I don't deserve to be happy," and they have their own issues. But it's not a cultural thing. It's not like a community thing, isn't it? They don't communally all think, "Oh, we don't deserve this happiness because we're having sex with lots of people." Like straight people don't think. You'll hear some like older gay gay men in particular who like be in the fifties and sixties up now. And they say they miss it, like they miss being like, um, you know, like it was fun to be be hated and it felt like you were all in a big community and it was like you against the world, which you got that in It's the Sin, like when they all moved to London, like you got this like, they were all in it together, they, they loved it, there was a real community. You hear like older people saying, now oh, we miss it, there's not that. I guess it's like anything... Oh. Anything that sense of community and that you can, your feelings resonate so clearly with somebody else. Like the young, I can never remember names, you know what I'm like, but the young guy who wore the suit. Colin. Yeah. And that the first or the second episode when he, when he ended up, uh, oh, it was, I think it was episode two when they said he could share, he could have a, a bed in one of the rooms. And, uh, and he felt like he'd, he felt supported and like cocooned and, and then he started dancing in his suit in the middle of the room and I just thought oh my heart went out to him I thought oh bless him look he's had, he's had he's had all that stress of not fitting in where he came from back in Wales you know like not being able to talk to anybody not being able to be himself and now he's come there and look at him he's letting go a bit and I as a as a mum as a parent like your heart just Oh, his mum his was such a lovely character. Oh, totally. Totally. Broke my heart. But it was just looking for him as well, because, who, you know, people people just staying in the closet back then. Mm. Like, there was nothing for him there. That's why he went to London. I think if I ever have children, I never, what I, you know, like you and Dad always say, oh, when we decided to have kids, we always wanted to have a, you know, we wanted you to, you always say, oh, I wanted you to make sure that you could always speak to us no matter what had happened. Mm-hmm. I think one of my big things, Will, I want them to never in their life feel an ounce of shame, an ounce of shame for who, like, because yeah. like, as a little kid, you don't. But mm-hmm. then as you get a little bit older and you start, like, being aware of society and the pressures that it puts on you and, like, what's right, like, what isn't accepted and what is you just completely change I think me as like if I think of me as like primary school age don't really care about what anybody thinks of me you know well you wouldn't have even thought that that wouldn't have even as soon as you get older and you start hearing people's opinions and what and it's not you're not behaving the particularly normal way that boys are meant to behave or whatever like I just never want a child to ever feel because I deal with that and will probably for the rest of my life. I know. I always remember that time when you you said something that really hit home for me when you said to me one time that you're forever coming out. 
Well, you are. And I thought that's so sad. I well, don't like, do that. From a business perspective, though, like every time I walk into a room, I'm thinking, not even now, it's like, what they're going to, is there going to be somebody in here that doesn't warm to me very well? Are they going to know I'm gay? Do I need to say? Do I need to like, oh, my partner is a he or I'm with? Do you know? Like, I don't know. It's you constantly have to. It isn't just when you tell the first person. You're doing it for the rest of your life. No, it's sad because I don't walk into a room and have to like spell out my sexuality or what I do. Mm. Or you know, like you, you said, do I have to explain why I'm a camp woman? <laughs> no. You always yeah, you are a camp woman. This is, this is like a family joke, isn't it? That I'm a camp woman. I don't even really. Know it's not. It's like I don't mean like a feminine. You're just quite camp. Like your outfits are always dead garish. Like you're always like over the top. Mm. Um, I'll never like. I always just remember that your Lulu Guinness like umbrella you've got. Like when you rock up anywhere with that, it's like God. It's like would be on a. It would be on a. Drag race runway. Like. I don't think of that time when we were um, away for New Year the other year. Oh, when we oh. were up in um, Northumberland. But like, Dad was like, they were linking, walking through like Amble or something, and like Dad had like his crag hoppers walking gear on, just beige head to toe, and Mum had like, was it like a bright blue coat on? No, it was thing. a leopard print coat. Oh, oh yeah, leopard print, a black hat with like a multicolored thing on the top of it, a bright red umbrella, and like you've never looked like more extra, and you were just like linking this really plain looking man. It's like you know, like Is you know, like it? you know, like in the animal kingdom where sometimes the other way around, like <laughs> the male, the males always like dead colourful and then they look at the female like in birds and the female's just like brown or whatever it's the way around for us literally i've never known you are just dead camp and you've got your big elton john sunglasses on even in mid-january or whenever it was and it's just like hilarious but yeah that's a different i don't obviously we got from gay to camp well. podcast episode yeah. i remember like having to like censor myself in certain situations like do i have to like butch up a bit in this room do i mm-hmm. have to can I fully relax in this room or can I do whatever? So, yeah. I, yeah, I, I just thought it was amazing. And the stuff that I learned as well, you know, obviously we've had uh, HIV conversations from time to time, haven't we? Uh, you going to me, oh, you'll be careful, won't you? And I knew that's what you meant. I'm not wanting you to get pregnant, Teclan. Me? <laughs> Joke, obviously. Yeah, obviously. That's what parents say to girls, don't they? Like, be careful. It's a different thing. They don't want them to get pregnant. Um, but I just want everyone to know. A parent, Declan, you know, it is hard. But just coming back round to that, I, and obviously learning that, you know, if somebody is taking medication for HIV, nobody else can get HIV from them. That big, that's what, that's the only thing I've, um, I wish at the end of it that I've give a bit of info about what it is now because I think it left it like it's still looking at like this deadly disease that kills everybody. Whereas if you get it to be, if you get it to a level where it's undetectable through, is it the is it the prep or? So, so the, 
There's this big marketing campaign at the minute called U equals U, which is undetectable equals untransmissible. Detectable. So yeah. it's it's not PrEP. That's a, it's a different template. So if you're HIV positive and you get down to an undetectable level, you can't pass it on. And then there's also you can take preventative PrEP, which is if you do have somebody with HIV who could who weren't undetectable, um, you can you won't get it because you're on PrEP. So. There's a lot, a lot, a lot. It's come a long way. And I it's mean, that decimated the population, didn't it? When I said this, I'm like, is that why we didn't really have many gay men to look up to? Because they all died. But, you know, at the time, we were hearing about what a terrible disease it was, but we, we weren't, from what I can remember anyway, we weren't learning about the true sadness of it, what was happening with individuals. Can you imagine if, if that virus, if the virus that's, going around now was was having an effect on the whole community like that did can you imagine how how people's perceptions of it would be different yeah yeah and it's sad isn't it when it just when a when a disease isolates one pocket of a community it's almost like it shuns them um i think covid has done that to a certain respect because it has affected some communities more than others but that's normally it's been down due to, like, some communities' um, social well-being and different of different communities. Like, it's a effective. Yeah, it seems uh, to be an economic thing as well, as as many diseases are, doesn't it? Really exacerbated, like, or really shone a light on what inequalities we had in society. Um, it's like in America, like. A lot of the African American people have suffered more because they don't necessarily. A lot of them don't have access to health insurance, so they've all just died, mm-hmm. and it's just yeah, horrendous. But there's, anyway. a of, there's a lot of sadness, isn't there? And I just think everybody should watch that. And you know me, I'll I'll champion. I mean, I, you were very much like that as a, as a kid. You were always like it, like the underdog. You would always champion and. Mm-hmm. We're like that as a family. We don't like people being left out, and that's the nuts and bolts of it. So I think everybody should watch it. It's a sin. Yeah. Good. I'll get you what you and Dad at a Pride Festival, hopefully, in the next couple of years as well. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) I was as proud as Punch that that photograph of you at that festival the other year in Leeds. I went performing in London. Oh, was that London? About a million people watching me. God. You were at the front. Yeah. Right, let's move on. That was profound, but let's go to something less profound then. Profound, but purposeful. Okay, right. So let's talk. Did we do... Clubhouse, we did, didn't we? Oh, as much as I want to give it any airtime. I don't know why you putting it on the show notes. To be I know, because I just think... Can I get a word in? Oh, that's rich, isn't it? I've been trying to encourage you to sign up and join to see what you think of it. I have to look like the daft person going to somebody, please give me a link to get in. Well, you are in charge of business development for the business, so I think it should be you. For the business, what would I do business development for if it wasn't for the business? Whatever's. 
Anyway, let's talk about influencers in Dubai. Oh, another boring oh, I know, I know. But I wanted to... So, it's really... Obviously, it's been in the news quite a lot. But um, this week, there was a clip on this morning of somebody yeah. with 12... She only had 12,000 followers, which for influencing isn't really like... I know you, are, you struggle to get 2K a month, but for yeah, like... 2,050, thanks. But like... For influencers, 12Ks, she's not big, is she? We yeah. think of all these Love Island lot. And she sat on there, and uh, Holly and Phil on this morning were interviewing her, and she was like, I motivate the nation. And like, hon, hon, <laughs> you've got 12,000 followers. You don't motivate, no, like, hardly anybody. You motivate nobody. It was just like, the lack of self-awareness is great. Like, And what I'm trying to say is, these social media platforms have mm-hmm. given certain people, like, deemed them to have the kudos to think that they're above the rest of us. Like, they think that their work is, they're a key worker. Like, and fair enough, some of them in my head, I'm guessing, have been invited to Dubai to maybe shoot, I don't know, the latest Boohoo commercial or the latest Pretty Little Thing or whatever, which is fair enough. But even that's not key, like, to, I'm guessing that's what a lot of them have gone for. That's their work. They're doing sponsored posts with different things. But it's just a bit ironic that they're all in Dubai. And apparently they're doing these £40,000 trip where you can go out there, they'll vaccinate you. Um, and then you can fly back to Britain vaccinated as well. And I just think that... There's dickhead. always a way, isn't there? I just... Yeah, I'm tired of, I'm a bit, that's the problem with, I think that's what's making me a bit tired of the whole social media thing. And I've pulled right back this last week, as I said, for various reasons. I don't really need to be on it for work, per se. Um, and I've done very little of of it, like I usually do, having fun on Instagram stories and stuff. Um, as I said, I think that's the way I feel, but I think it's, and they always say, oh, if if um, other people are making you feel like this, then just unfollow. Well, actually, the way the algorithms work these days, I'm not actually following them, but I still still manages to come up in my feed on the various platforms. And then just when I knew that it was in the show notes this morning, there's a young guy. I'm not connected to him anywhere on LinkedIn. It's because one of my followers liked his post. So the way the algorithms work, I get to see his post. Um, so yeah, how's, how's that work then if you, it, you don't have to see it type of thing? Um, and basically it's a young guy sat in first class on some plane with a glass of champers in his hand. Um, despite everything that's going on, we had a record start to 2021. So did we, but we're not bragging about it. But, and the significant increase in need for social and digital marketing has been massive for my business as well as partner agencies. For the first month of this year, I was very fortunate to work from Dubai. Actually, it still is the first month of this year. So, yeah, it's not over yet. What does he mean? Um, where we have a growing client base. So there's him cheering us to the fact that he spent most of January in Dubai. Like, it pisses me off. Like, do it. Fair enough, do it. But don't then have the audacity. These clients for face-to-face really highlighted how much I miss building relationships with people in a traditional manner. 
and I can't wait for things to return to some sort of normality. Cheers like that. So I'm just has, he like, got, has he got any pushback on LinkedIn then? He's got 80 likes so far and four comments. Um, but somebody said, not sure if you've seen the news in UK while you're aware, but people travelling to Dubai hasn't gone down too well with the British public. Although I didn't see you post any videos of you riding a camel, so you should be good. It's yeah. bullshit. People like- you can build a, I could client. I could build a client base in Timbuktu if I wanted to right now. There's got something called the internet. Like you don't, don't want to be there, do you? Fly there. You are not exempt from the rules. Like it's really hard for all of us. Not all of us. Like we've all broken probably some rules a lot across the year. But like it's have the self-awareness to a not post it it's like the people that are there are all over instagram as well and i'm like yeah and it's not even the fact you know when you see people having i mean i've been to dubai so what it's not even the fact that you see people having marvelous holidays usually when i see people having marvelous holidays it makes me feel aspirational that you know oh let me see where i'd quite like to go there if i could I don't, I don't feel jealous about people. I, like, jealous is a strong word in the moment, thinking, ooh, look at that, I'd love to be laid on that beach sipping that cocktail too. That's normal, but it's when we're all collectively going through one of the worst things that we've all ever experienced. And these people, as you say, just have no level of self-awareness about how that's affecting people who have been sh- Like, some people have literally been shut in since last March. And, you know, like... This week, we hit 100,000 deaths in the UK. Like, uh, And you can't even spin the facts, however you look at it, whether it's 28 days post, um, tested for um, the died within a 28 days of a positive test. Mm-hmm. Or if you look at excess deaths compared to the last five years, we're actually about 110,000 compared to other five years. So it's mm-hmm. like, why? Like, you can't, like, just, I hate that we've, made this culture where they've become like pseudo celebrities that don't nothing touches them and it's like i've saw somebody on instagram saying oh i'm in dubai um and he put like you know like when people can reply to you yeah um like asked a question he's like how do you feel if i share some things and like loads of people are replying to him saying oh yeah go for it like you've got to make your money you've got to do this you've got to do that and then that's what makes me cringe as well because there's people who will pander to them as well say oh no we love to see it because they think that they're going to get some kudos from them do you get what i mean the thing about social media it's allowed basically anybody to become famous hasn't it? They should all have um, PR people because there's, there's somebody that I follow and I'm not I'm not going to mention who it is because I really do like her content. But he, and she's, she's a massive influencer globally, not just UK. And I feel like even she's overstepped the mark at the minute. And uh, But then there's the other side of it. It's like, well, I'm still buying magazines and they've still got luxury goods advertised in them. Have they stopped? So it's it's trying to, you know, reconcile. The, you know, this is new media. This is new media. So the magazines are still all for sale. They've all still got the Dior's, the Chanel's, the Fendi's, everything advertising them. They haven't said, oh, we've, 
as a magazine, we've got to be more self-aware and not advertise these things or these luxury. I'm surprised that's not like I get an Empire magazine subscription. Obviously, they've completely had to tailor their offering because it was all whilst films still do come out on Netflix and things. A lot of theirs was to do with cinemas. And so they've like the last issue was it was a massive. There was loads of people, actors, directors, whatever, all saying things that they miss about the cinema and like some of the best moments they've ever had in the cinema. So they've had to tailor their magazine waiting for the cinemas to reopen so i'm sure yeah, that's very that's very niche and that's to do with uh, i mean obviously everything has been affected but that's to do with a particular sector that has been really really affected but what i mean is like are we saying that so say like my monthly magazines that i always enjoy buying they've still got all of those um adverts in them should we be saying, oh, they should have pulled all those because it's insensitive be, to be advertising luxury goods when globally people are dying and losing the, the jobs and can't feed the families? And and because social media is new media, what, why are we saying the same to them? I don't know. It's strange, isn't it? I'm just sick of seeing, like, Z-list celebrities just thinking that there's something because the well, there's always been Z-list celebrities, even think they're exempt. Like, and then, and then that's what else she said. The one on this morning, she said, you know, at the beginning of the year, we were all saying hashtag be kind. So I think people should be a bit kind. And I was like, don't you dare, yeah, like don't you dare use that to like to justify people should be kinder to you. You Kinder to her because she feels picked on because she's gone to Dubai. Yeah, it's like, because they, they were a bit shady to her, the editors of this morning. As soon as she'd said, oh, I influence people, she was then, did you see the video of her riding on a camel? It's like, well, that's not... any of it. I don't like, believe it. not fitness. Yeah. Um, in, like, oh, I hate them. I hate, I, hate, I hate the whole culture that we've, like, built these people that think they're amazing because they've I mean, got we all I mean I sometimes joke you know with my blog and everything if somebody some people will message me and say they've bought something because I was talking about it or whatever which is great that's what we all do with our friends and so when you build up a very sort of like niche community on these things which is you know my as I said before my following is small but we all like a chat you know there's a big pool of people on there that I chat to regularly and maybe I do influence, but they influence me back. You know, they'll tell me in DMs, oh, well, yeah, I like that, but have you seen this? And then they'll message me stuff. So we're all influencing each other. That's a fact of life. That's what we do with our friends, whether they're online or offline. We all influence each other and share things that we know about. And, you know, um, I'm a big, big thing about skincare and people message me and go, oh, I saw you posted that. Have you, have you thought about trying this? They haven't got a massive follower. They're just chatting to me. That's that's what it's meant to be for, but for some reason, it's built these other strange wannabes who want some limelight onto pedestals that they sh- never really should be placed on. Um, and generally, I know I'm going to generalise here, but generally they are very shallow, vapid people. Well, I always imagine that's what I've, I, I've followed people throughout the years who like moved to LA and then they've moved out of LA after a few years because it's like all it's about is you don't know if a friend is a friend mm-hmm. you don't know if they're just using you because you've got more Instagram followers than them 
or like you're not like, like you know, I've heard that before that people become friends with you because of your Instagram following. You know, like the one speech you've got, and I'm just like, oh, it's so pathetic. I mean, I'm glad that you are the age you are, and you agree with that as well. Because sometimes you feel a little bit, you know, oh, oh, that's what you think because you're old. You just don't get it. But it's actually refreshing to see that you know young ones think that as well. Like it's the shallowness and the selfishness, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Right, let's move on to something else then. So I just want to quickly talk about bird watching on Twitter. So I thought this was rolling out completely, but it's not. They're testing it with about a thousand people to begin with. So what it'll happen? So it's to combat misinformation, which we've talked about before. So if you see a tweet, you can like go into a bird watching thing where you say like, if it's in you like, ask if it's true, and then you um kind of say, could this be very harmful to somebody? It's not really harmful, whatever. So it's like Twitter introducing a fact checking and something about it. On one hand, you're like, oh yeah, that sounds great. We'll just see the truth. But then the truth as a thing is quite often, depending on how somebody interprets something, do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like if you think like anyone can spin something, then, oh, it's true that we've whatever. But then, I don't know, I just think it starts to get in grey areas of are we just going to start censoring everything? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wonder if we're in that phase now, because I think with social, with tech, I've said before, I think we're up again, like there's a reckoning coming. Are we getting to a point where it's going to be more, you know, people now want misinformation challenged? And like, what's that next phase going to be? Because there'll be, there will be trip ups. There will be points where, you know, somebody gets banned off Twitter for saying something that is legitimate that somebody else's contest. There will be trip ups along the way, but I wonder how like this is gonna. People think, oh, it affects my free speech, but it, it, Twitter's a private company. Really, they can decide what they want to have on their platform. Yeah, I mean, it is up to them. It's theirs, isn't it? But yeah, that's the scary thing. We we often used to think that self censorship was enough, didn't we? Yeah. Um, but clearly, Trump's sort of like told us all that's not a thing, hasn't he? Well, that somebody did a fact check and he had like in his last year on camera, he told like 300,000 lies. Wow. Some mad. And is that even true? Well, exactly. Is the fact like, checker telling the truth? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Obviously, most facts are like a fact is true. But there's a lot of grey area, especially because social media is opinions based normally, like it's your interpretation of a fact. Mm. I just I just wonder what, what we're in store for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is that it is that worry that you get in that tit for tat thing, don't you, with people saying something's not true, but it really was. So who double checked it? And then it just becomes layer upon layer of more stuff. Mm. And then people will be arguing on Twitter over that, won't they? The fact checking and the bird watching thing 
Yeah. Just another layer for more arguments, because obviously that's what people enjoy doing on Twitter, don't they, most of all? Yeah, Twitter is, it, it can be a pretty, Twitter can be what I used to call the cesspit of social media. It can be pretty um, awful sometimes. But Yikes. Yeah. But no matter what side, if you're on the left, you'll get cranks from the right. If you're on the right, you'll get cranks from the left. Somebody's always waiting to be. Mm, jump on. I was to a podcast the other day and somebody said she got in trouble on Twitter for using the word gobsmacked in the podcast. I was like, gobsmacked? What's wrong with that? What is wrong with that? I don't know. She said some people said it was inappropriate to say. Because obviously somebody smacked you. I thought, for crying out loud. You're in the gob. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, it'll never, it'll never end and we'll all just... Well, this is our own podcast and we'll say what we want on here. Yeah, yeah. Won't we? Well, that was quick. Mm. We... Have we covered it? We haven't covered... Oh, we're talking about Primark again. Well, yeah, so, like, last topic... Um, you have wrote in the show notes Primark again, which we did cover quite a lot last time, so I'm hoping this won't take forever. This won't take forever, but it's still it's still doing what, the rounds. What's happening now? So it's still doing the rounds, and obviously it came about again because of um, what had recently happened with um, Debenhams getting its mm-hmm. new buyer. Um, and so obviously Primark got brought to the forefront of the discussions again um, and that, you know, ASOS potentially are looking at buying Topshop and where where does this still leave Primark? And I read this great article article, Arthur, Arthur film? article on theconversation.com um, and it's a really long article, an, in, an in-depth article, but it's very, very interesting, the reasons given why Primark wouldn't have... Um, Primark. Right. What did I say? Just yeah, we were discuss. We I've been on business comms today, and Mum's been saying that her accent's quite strong today, and it is. Oh, my accent was so yeah. borough today, sundry. I'm not even from borough, so there you go. Oh, God. Um, so, um. So the article was long. The article was long, but very, very interesting, um, and it said that. Primark um, caters to a sector of the um, market that is, what did it say? Right to be, as online shopping is, so online shopping as a whole across across the, the, the sector is designed to favour time poor but cash rich customers and doesn't necessarily favour the, the retailers. Um and it's a good example of how an online offering is not always the right option for retailers. And, and obviously, I've seen various um, conversations and threads and indeed our own episode last time why we were saying they should have some sort of online strategy. Um, and it said that a good returns policy can attract customers and increase sales, but a high rate of returns, which is what you would expect from an online retailer like Primark, can actually wipe out any profits that they had. Um, and it says that the average rate of returns is 8% for something that a person buys in person in store, but is usually around 25% for something that's been purchased online and actually can rise as much to 30 to 70% in the fashion world, specifically the fast fashion sector. 
Um, so it's all very interesting stuff, why, whereby I guess Primark may be a, a considering, you know, the actual bottom line. Well, of course, they'll be considering the bottom line of it, but really that it would put them in a negative as far as making any profit. It, everything. Oh, they'll have done all this, though. They'll have, they'll have done speculative, you know. I don't think Primark have never actually looked into what an online model could be for them. But I just think maybe some of their, as we said last time, some of the more expensive, like, statement pieces of each season could go mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's what we'd said, haven't we? Like, why couldn't it be an edit? Because you often see edits, and again, harping back to influencers, you see influencers create edits of, you know, the latest um, look from Primark, the latest look from Topshop, the latest look from ASOS. And, you know, when you add it up, obviously it's a cheap outfit. But as as far as um, Primark's average sale, average shopping basket, it, it, it could still be pretty high. Do you know what I mean? So if it was a coat, a pair of shoes, if it was the weekly edit or the fortnightly edit or something so that you could go on and buy that full bag, dress, coat, shoes, do you know what I mean? Um then at least it's something. It's something to to feed that monster of people who are keen to actually purchase online. And I think what's what's come about, and 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 we've talked about this before. I am the perfect example of this. That I have one foot in online purchasing things online. I have the other foot firmly rooted in buying things in person. I like an experience. It seems to be a long time, this penny dropping, you know what I mean, that people will be prepared to still go outside when they can. Obviously, COVID-19 has negated all of this, but people will be prepared to go back out. And actually, they'll want to go back out with a force, won't they, when they can. That will quickly die off if it's the same tired old um, offer. So they really need to, you know, think about how they're going to give the people who are hungry for these experiences, how 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 they're going to provide that. Um so yeah, that's what that's that's where we're up again again. Primark coming in there with the mentions of you know these sales that have, have taken place this week. Well recently. And the other really sad thing is that I, I lived in Edinburgh for a short time um back in the early days when I was uh, a youngster. Where have you gone? I've lost you. Oh, there you are. Um, Jenna's closing. Yeah, Jenna's going as well. Well, because they're part of the House of Fraser group. Um, I've been in there. I thought it was quite, like, for a department store. So let me just get this right. Where where, where did I see this? Um, Is it closing? Eh? Is it definitely closing? Let me just... Let me just find this out while I'm here because I read an article about this as well and I meant to save this in the show notes. So Edinburgh's landmark department store, Jenna's, to close after being open for 183 years. Um, sad that, isn't it? You know, it's really sad. And for anybody who's visited Scotland's capital city, Jenna's is the place that you always, always head to. You know, it's it's historic it's iconic it's a lovely building it's a bit of a rabbit warren when you're trying to find anything but that's all part and parcel of the visit um and yeah so it's part of the Fraser's group 
um, part of the churn, but it's owned. The actual building is owned by um, a, a Danish fashion billionaire who bought it for about 50 million quid back in 2017. Um, but the plan now is that they're going to restore that and make it into, um, what do you call it, uh, a leisure site. So for it to have cafes, cafes and restaurants. and But the other really sad thing that's going on in, in you know, Edinburgh is part of this thing that's dramatically sweeping across our high streets. And it, it looks sad in the mall, but when it's an iconic high street like you know, like Princess Street in Edinburgh or it's or it's Oxford Street or it's Covent Garden or all those famous places. It seems to be even sadder, doesn't it? Um, and basically what, what's happened there in Princess Street in, in Edinburgh. So you've got this going on with Jenners down one end of, end, end of the high street near the station. And then you've got the other sad building down the other end, Debenhams that shut, great big stores. I didn't think you still knew the geography of Edinburgh. Oh, I, I've never, I, I have massive love for Edinburgh. Never, never massive forget. love for Edinburgh. I lived in an apartment on the Royal Mile for a year when I was 23, 22. I don't know. But anyway, my first job, my, my first job I was in Edinburgh. Um, yeah. And you know this, but just for the benefit of the readers, I lived in Edinburgh for a year. I actually had a great time, lived in a, shared an apartment with a girl on the Royal Mile. I mean, what's more iconic than living on the Royal Mile? It was brilliant. Um, so, yeah, I have lots and lots of love for Edinburgh. And just to think, so those are two big mammoths of that, of Princess Street, the main street there, which overlooks the castle, or the castle overlooks that, should you say. And you just think, it's going to decimate it. But what they need to try and do, I think there's been some talk about, I don't know whether it's the, um, I don't know whether it's Debenhams or whether it's, isn't there another house of Fraser down the other end? At the very end. Anyway, one of the buildings, I believe Johnny Walker, the whiskey brand, is going to be turning into the whiskey experience. There is a whiskey experience in Edinburgh after this. This is going to be a massive one. One of one of, one of those flagships is going to be even bigger, apparently. <laughs> Are you just going to keep every time I say it? What you're saying? Oh, it's going to be even bigger. I read that in the week as well. So, so that there's a massive example that you just think, well, no high street. People are voting with their feet and their pockets. And unless people address this, like you've got to give the people what they want. So it's okay as keeping morning whinging, morning whinging, but it's, it's what we've asked for. It's what we've asked for because we stopped going. That's it in a nutshell. So they need to provide us with the next phase, the next, um, whatever, the next version of what we will call high street. I'm shocked when I hear about like stores in Edinburgh and London and Manchester closing because I always think they're busy regardless of what. Yeah, nowhere's untouchable because it's a a cultural change. It's a cultural change with the internet and everything that's happening. So we've got to address it as sad as it is. I know, I know. What was I going to say to finish with then? I don't know. When I did the whiskey experience in Edinburgh, I was hungover and I don't really like whiskey anyway. 
Um, but if you go with children, they ask if you want iron brew <laughs> as, you, as your sample. So I said, can I have iron brew, please? And they, like, looked at me. I thought, I can't drink. Oh, you, you did, like, this scratch and sniff, like, this is what... <laughs> He smells like from Isla. Oh, this is from, I thought, doesn't all taste, but all smells the same to me. But Well, I hate whiskey, as you know. Um, but the best best alcohol experience, eh? I didn't know that. Oh, please. I can't <laughs> even sniff it. I can't stand the smell of it. It reminds me of... a hot toddy as a kid, though? Hey, Is that from the hot... Is it a hot toddy? Yeah, it's from when my grandma, as a as a kid, used to give me it as a hot toddy. It's just knocked me. Oh, a hot toddy, something different. A hot toddy. No, is a hot toddy something different? Yes, a hot toddy is a hot girl. Oh, a bit of toddy. Oh. <laughs> hot toddy. You imagine some lech saying it that? Oh, hot toddy. Oh God, hot toddy. Um, my favourite experience was the Guinness experience in Dublin. Oh, now that I can neck. I know you can. But only when in Ireland. It doesn't travel well though, does it, Mom? And it's actually made exactly the same over here, but it's something about being on Irish soil. Oh, God. And, and I with can that. that because your dad's Irish, so there. And with that, we're done. We're done. We are right. done. Cheered me up a bit, Dex, as usual. Good. Thank you for listening to this episode of It's In The Jar. You know what we never did? I know you didn't do it at the beginning. That's your fault. fault. You can follow us both on Twitter at Declan Williams. I'm sorry, at Declan Williams underscore, and you are? Before Enders. We have Instagram and Twitter for the podcast now. It's In The Jeans Pod on Instagram, Twitter, In The Jeans Pod. Follow our business across social at The Digital Gene. Please like, share and write a review for this podcast using the hashtag It's In The Genes Pod. There you go. We're done. How's that right? Love you. What are you saying that for, you weirdo? I'm your mom. No, no, but like as if we're on a video call. When did... Oh, that was it. I'm your mum. Have we finished? Have we finished? I haven't pressed stop. Oh, sorry. Well, I'm your mum. I can say I love you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, everyone. No, not love the people. Well, I do love the people, but I love you is what I'm saying. All right. See you. (laughs)